Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Social Studies Podcast. Today, our guest is Greg Eisenberg, founder and CEO of Five By. He's also venture partner at Indicator Ventures. He actually invited me into his office, the Stumble Upon headquarters right here in San Francisco. Greg, hey there. Nathan, thanks for having me, man. Completely thrilled, Greg. You know, I invited you on the show because I believe you're one of the best marketers in San Francisco. Wow, well, you know, can't wait to talk more about it. Absolutely. I, I think we, we met a few years ago. We did some work together, and you just have your fingers in so many things. But uh, today, you're going to talk to us about how to strike gold with, with Facebook user acquisition, I think, right? Totally. I mean, yeah, we're, you know, you know listeners, we're, Nathan and I were chatting before in terms of, like, what do, I, you know, what do we want to talk about and what do I want to talk about? And I think what, what's really exciting to me is really how I got my start into marketing and how I learned how to market to people. Basically, how do you get people to do what it is you want them to do? And before we jump in, I want to paint a picture. You're a marketer. You're an entrepreneur. Can you give us a brief snapshot as to what you're up to right now and then teleport us back to this to, to Facebook user acquisition. Totally, so I'm the founder and CEO of Fiby, which is basically brings together all the best internet videos in one place, which we sold to StumbleUpon over a year ago. Um, it's one of the fastest growing video discovery platforms. Mm-hmm. And I also um, have invested in about you know, 25, 30 companies, um, either as an angel investor or through a fund. Gotcha. And you got your start, perhaps, in marketing with a lot of Facebook user acquisition for, for gaming companies, for, 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 I think, for dating companies? Yep. All right, let's walk us through it, Greg. So the year was 2008. Um, if you guys remember Mafia Wars, Farmville, um, they were spamming the shit out of um, people. So, like, your friends would send you, like, a, a notification that, like, hey, like, join my farm or whatever. And that basically, <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, crazy Oh, my days. God, I remember that so well. You know, so, you know, you would just get hundreds of these notifications. And actually, it was effective for a period of time. Like, that's how Zynga and all these gaming companies scaled. Um, scaled as in, like, hundreds of millions of users. Hundreds of millions of users, right? So, yeah. you know, I think Zynga went public at a 3 or $4 or $5 billion valuation. And mm-hmm. that was on the back of Facebook. Side note, what are they at now? I think it's two and a half billion. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, please go ahead. But Mark Pink is cashed out, so uh, okay. you know. He did his thing. He did his thing. Good for him. So um, Facebook took note of this. Wasn't a good experience um, for for users, obviously. And um, all of a sudden Zynga and all these companies had raised so much money and they needed to show that up into the right curve, right? They need to show constant user growth. Um, and they were basically had to figure it out, right? So what they did was they tried to hire some of the best marketers and build these media buying teams mm-hmm. to help buy users. Um, but they also created, um, at the time, affiliate marketing was very big. Um, so they basically said, okay, if someone generates a buck fifty, if someone generates a um, an install for me, I, I will pay you a dollar fifty or two dollars or two dollars and fifty cents because they knew that the lifetime value of a customer was like call it eight to twelve bucks. Okay. So um, one of the largest, one of the, the you know, founders of one of the largest affiliate networks contacted me and we basically started this company um, that serviced uh, the, the gaming industry to help get users for, the, for these, this company. And, and these users anywhere? Any uh, kind of user? Um, yeah, you know, any kind of user. At the time... Wild um, West, right? It was Wild West, Wild right? West. So like... You know, it was worldwide, any age, as long as they backed out into, you know, it's certain lifetime value, mm-hmm. it worked. So you're Zynga or you're a big gaming company, you have yeah. a big bank account, 
you know the lifetime value of your average user is like eight or ten bucks, whatever it might be, and they're saying, heck, if we can get them for two, that sounds great. Well, we'll pay it all day long. We'll pay it all day long. Yeah. And that's and, where Greg Eisenberg comes in. And then in. what we're saying is if we could pay 50 cents for one, and we as in your company, our company right. could pay 50 cents for a user, and you're on Facebook, right, where the, the supply is unlimited, i.e. there's people, uns- there's yeah. the people is unlimited. Unlimited people. You are in the best possible state because you've basically created a vending machine, right? <laughs> where you put in 50 cents and two bucks comes out. And then you just say, okay, instead of putting $1,000 a day um, and making $4,000, I'm going to put $100,000 and see what comes out. Wow. And that's why it was a very, very exciting and lucrative time to be doing that. Um, so that's what we did. We, we basically, uh, first of all, one of the things we did is we built Facebook's first, one of Facebook's first multivariate ad testing platform. Your own? Yes. Proprietary. So at the, at the time, there was no tools to help you A-B test mm-hmm. creative, for example. Targeting, you know, one of the things we would do is like, we'd take a picture, I mean, in, well, I mean, some of the stuff wasn't exactly, you know, it was kind of in the gray area, but, <laughs> you know, we'd take a picture of like, we target like Taylor Swift fans, right? Mm-hmm. And, we, and we'd say like, you know, Taylor's, you know, Taylor Swift loves Mafia Wars or something like that and create some ad copy around that. Interesting. Um, and the whole, you know, I think when a new, the way I, you know, when a new ad platform comes out or a new um, social media platform comes out, you have to think about like what is the competitive advantage here. So before the ad, you know, this is when in 2008 when Facebook released their ad platform, there was no, there was no targeting like that ever before on the internet. The fact that you can target people's likes was like completely brand new. I remember it. I was doing it. It was completely amazing. It was amazing. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Because previously, if you remember, we had Google search, which was great because it gave intense, quote unquote, lower part of the funnel, but we never knew what people actually liked. Exactly. Just because I'm buying shoes doesn't mean I necessarily like Adidas. Absolutely. Right? So, so like where the Zingas of the world were just basically targeting anyone and just mm-hmm. creating these rant in these ads, we said like, how can we be innovative on, in this ad format? How do we look at this like a completely new way? And that's why we, we were really smart around the type of titles, headlines, and images we use. Mm-hmm. And then we created campaigns specifically targeting places, you know, people who, let's say Canadians, right? And we'd say like Canada, like, you know, we'd pick someone who, you know, Canadians love Mafia Wars or like something like that. And, we, and, it, would, and it would resonate with people mm-hmm. or like people named Greg. My name is Greg Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. We'd say like Greg's love this product, right? Yeah. And then we'd, we'd target them and we'd see that, that extra lift. Um, so hold on a second. There's a couple things we got we got to talk about. Yep. Not every company, we all need to do user acquisition. We all want growth, right? Not everyone is necessarily enabled with, with uh, millions of dollars to acquire quote unquote any kind of user. So I want to file down on how do you determine how do you split up ads and how do you target according to different types of users. You said you mentioned the Taylor Swift thing, and then furthermore, what do you do once once you get them on site? You right. Optimize once they're on site. Right. Yeah, so... So do you have, like, campaigns around Taylor Swift, for example, or do you have campaigns around celebrities and ads for those celebrities? The way I like to think about user acquisition in general okay. is you got to spend the first 90 days as, like, an R&D experiment. Okay. Okay, so, like, you put aside a budget, let's say five to $10,000, and you basically say, I'm going to lose this money. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to get in this mo- in, out of this money is I'm going to try 10 or 12 different marketing channels or five marketing channels with 10 different campaigns, Taylor Swift, Canada, um, old people, young people, mm-hmm. different creative, different landing pages for each. 
and I am going to learn about what's going to stick. Mm-hmm. And usually what happens is you, you know, let's say you have five channels, let's say you have 10 channels, usually eight channels are going to be, are just not even be close to backing out where you need them to back okay. out to. But if you get, and then one channel may start, you know, show promise and one channel may be like, you know, it costs you $2 for a customer, but you're only making a buck 50. So there may be room to optimize. So I think at the end of that three months, you have to, um, you have to really, you'll, you'll know what your winners are and you know where your losers are. And that's when you double down on your winners. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I will add to that is that I see a lot of people like say, you know, companies are like, oh, should we invest in, you know, paid customer acquisition? Yeah. And they try, they'll put like a budget of like 2000 or $5,000 in like Facebook or something mm-hmm. and realize that it doesn't back out. But the, it's just not enough time. It's not enough time. Not enough time because you don't have the data and not enough money trying different channels and trying different campaigns. Right. So let's talk about the money. I've done so much user acquisition as you have, and you make, um, you customize the, you customize the, the, what you're what you're putting out there, your ads, and you customize what you give them, the, the site or the on-site experience. How do you know when you have enough versions of each? Uh, what sample know, size are we talking about here? Like, how do we know how many? Like, like if I have a million dollars to spend, yeah. how do I know how many landing pages I need? Yeah, I think like in the beginning, the smaller the like, like we're talking like several channels, two or three channels, mm-hmm. Facebook, Google, whatever, and five, five to ten landing pages max. I see. Because like, Interesting. any more is going to be your, you know, your defocusing. Right. You yeah. get lost in the noise. You get lost in the noise. So and, that, and that's the key thing is to so you have to find the signal from the noise. Yeah. Right. Totally. So then is it, is it possible to test too much? When do you know like, oh, this is our winner, let's go do it. Let's double down, triple down. I mean, the beauty is the data doesn't lie <laughs> and you're gonna quickly see, you know, you're gonna quickly see, even like, you know, we started that company um, on a credit card. We had no fun outside funding. We had a credit card with a $15,000 limit. We did a $10,000 data, essentially data bomb. And then we saw basically, one channel work Facebook mm-hmm. um, and we saw a certain type of campaign work where we targeted a certain amount of user mm-hmm. because it was quick it was just easy to see that like within like 30 days we saw like it was trending upwards mm-hmm. everything else like it, w- it was just too expensive mm-hmm. what do you think about Facebook user targeting nowadays because yeah. it's changed a lot right I mean let's say you work at a consumer packaged goods company let's say you're selling shoes let's say you're selling beauty products if you put yourself put yourself as a marketer in their shoes, how do you go about targeting on Facebook now? I think retargeting is like the biggest thing for you know that's a massive opportunity right now mm-hmm. on Facebook. I think lookalike audiences. I mean, we're getting into specific specific yep. now, but you know, lookalike audiences is basically like, let's say you you know you you own a e-commerce shoe you know shoe site. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you build up? your email list via your customers and also via, let's say your blog or something okay. that you can go and, and basically upload that to Facebook and target people that look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a massive opportunity. Right. right Retargeting though requires a little bit of strategy, right? Because if somebody goes to your site and leaves, you can't just send them to your homepage over and over and over again. Right. You have to give them interesting opportunities to buy or cool new content to, to view, right? Yeah. I think like retargeting, the, the mistake most people make with retargeting is exactly kind of what you suggested, which mm-hmm. is like, okay, like someone comes to our site, we cookie them, and then they're gonna, you know, they, let's say they even they bounce right away, we're just gonna throw them back to the homepage. Mm-hmm. But like, think about that user, like, 
in marketing, we often forget about thinking about the customer. <laughs> like, it's silly, but it's true. Marketing should start with the customer, right? Yeah. So, like, where is the customer? Like, what is the headspace that the customer is at? The customer maybe heard about, you know, um, you know, heard about your website, came to it, and then didn't find what they were looking for. So, mm -hmm. like, how can you bring them to a, you know, a piece of content that could get them to trust you? Ultimately, you're in the trust game if you're in marketing. Trust game, yeah. You're, you know. If you're an e-commerce site, you're selling a picture mo most of the time. Ah, good point. Um, and I think um, that's a big thing that we, you know, we often forget. Let's see. Have you noticed anything about retargeting? I mean, I've seen, I've been retargeted for products that I've already bought. Right. Has that ever happened to you? Totally. Right. Yeah. What I'm trying, I have a bias, and, it, and it's a marketing strategy we're working with right now at Tint, and, and the theme is give, give, give. Right? Because you have to build trust and respect. I think are you referencing maybe some mm -hmm. Seth Godin kind of stuff, right? So is, 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 is content the way to get the trust and respect nowadays? I, we did a study okay. in 2008, 2009, All right. um, which basically said, which basically was, um, if I'm just remembering now because it's a while ago. Sure. If a customer comes to your website or mm -hmm. app, and completes their primary task, they are 76% more likely to buy your product or service. Okay. Me okay, so meaning if the the reason why you came to that shoe site was to like check out the coolest trends about shoes, mm -hmm. if you complete that task, you will be more likely to buy that pro that product in the future. Mm -hmm. Which if you think take a step back, like that makes total sense, right? It's, but it, it, what that means from a product perspective and a marketing perspective is thinking about what are the reasons why people are coming to your website? Is it for content? Is it for discovery? Is it for buying? And it's about creating those different silos and then marketing, doing paid user acquisition to those particular silos, mm -hmm. doing retargeting to those particular silos, doing uh, retaining users on those particular silos. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know... You've done a lot of user acquisition, and we just talked a lot about that. But I'd be remiss to not mention you are a venture partner at Indicator Ventures, and you're founder and CEO of a really, really cool, and I'd say useful, I have it on my phone, a mobile app. What mobile apps are you using nowadays? Let's enlighten our listeners. Oh, he's pull Okay, just so, you, just so everyone knows, he's pulling out his iPhone. The, I think the six-inch one is really, really large. So Top, top yes. two or three apps right now. Honestly. Other than five by. So honestly... Where my head is at as a marketing person mm -hmm. is I like to know what, what, you know, what are the biggest social apps right now because I want to take advantage of that. Like, <laughs> okay. what, is, what is the Facebook, you know, what is the version of 2008 Facebook today, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm spending a ton of time on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that, I would say that when I was in college, when 19, 20, 21, Basically, at the same age as you, Facebook yeah. was was the shit, right? Yeah. But now it's definitely Snapchat. And actually, I'd say I would argue that it was Instagram, but it's actually moving towards Snapchat, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go to any like music festival concert, mm -hmm. you're just going to see people with their phones out, mm -hmm. and it's not the camera app, it's yeah. not Facebook, it's Snapchat. And I think that's a massive opportunity. There's a, a bunch of ways that people could be building Snapchat accounts, mm -hmm. um, building up their user base. And now's the time you should be thinking about this sort of stuff. People talk about audiences on social networks. I was talking to the former CTO at one of the big um, network television channels. I won't say which. He, he told me that the audience on Snapchat 
is bigger than ABC or NBC or CBS mm -hmm. right now, the audience on Snapchat. So does that mean that the future of user acquisition, if we had to teleport, Greg, from the stuff you were doing in 08 to now, would you be doing this on Snapchat instead of Facebook? The stuff I'd be doing it on are, I'd be building up accounts on Snapchat, I'd be building up accounts on Vine, I'd be building up accounts on Instagram, and building up accounts Periscope. on- Periscope? Uh, yeah, Periscope, Twitter, and the, the goal of all these accounts were to be thinking of innovative ways to give out great content and then ultimately upsell them to whatever it is I want to sell them. Massive opportunity. Um, this is probably the greatest time I've, I've ever lived in or I've heard to build a brand with no marketing, with very little marketing money. So exciting times. Striking gold with user acquisition. Greg Eisenberg, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, man.